0: Welcome to Better Brace podcast where we start a conversation with the community about aspects of sexual harassment in the workplace, ranging from how to define workplace harassment to legal actions and power dynamics. We are a group of international students from Minerva schools at KGI. Through this podcast, we want to raise awareness about workplace harassment, empower individuals with the resources to recover from workplace harassment, and provide a space for people to seek help from one another. We are so glad you're part of this journey with us. We know this is a tough topic, but it's important to start this conversation. And remember, no one should be alone in this. Just a heads up, due to coronavirus, we have to record some of our episodes virtually. So our audio quality may not always be ideal. Thanks for hanging tight with us and stay safe. This
1: podcast contains sensitive information about workplace harassment. Please take care while you're listening, take a break and reach out for support if you need to.
0: hi welcome back to better brave community podcast i'm gabby and i'm one of your co-hosts for today hi my name is Fong. i'm your other co-host and today's topic
1: is surrounding what can we do as bystanders in the community to help and empower each other to combat sexual harassment in the workplace in today's episodes we are honored to have one of our guests whose name is joseph elitrissimo joseph is a fitness entrepreneur personal and group trainer, photographer, videographer, and storyteller. Joseph is passionate about creativity, health, wellness, and equality. Welcome, Joseph. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. Um, I work mostly as a personal trainer. My business is called redefine movement one of my main focuses kind of redefine like the words that we have in our lives it's movement not fitness because i want it to encompass more than just you know strength and exercise but kind of the way we see ourselves and the way we act in this world so like being able to big thing for me is being having to redefine success for me is a big thing because I'm a Filipino American and a lot of my family they like if I see them now they'd be like oh when are you gonna get into like a nursing program or when are you gonna get into like physical therapy or do all these like science or health related fields but I feel what I truly enjoy is like working with people one-on-one being able to hopefully make a difference in their lives and for me in order to actually find my own happiness my own success I had to redefine what's success meant for me and I feel like we all have the power to redefine all the words in our lives you know if that's strength if it's redefining love it's redefining masculinity what that means I think we all have the power to redefine the values that we hold in our lives Uh, I did this talk recently and like my closing quote was don't let the words in your life define the way that you live but instead redefine the words that you want to live by
0: Thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself and bringing this inspiring quote. I'm interested to know what inspired you to join the fitness industry.
2: Yeah, so one of my favorite quotes is a quote, I think the person is Cal Newport, and he said, passion emerges from mastery. So when you get better at a skill, when you kind of increase your self-efficacy with like a skill set or, you know, a job, I believe that you become more passionate about it. So with me, fitness was something where I saw like really great results really fast with myself and I wanted to share it with other people. Like when I was like 18 years old, I'd see someone who was like just new into the gym and like try and help them out or whatever. But it was something that I truly began to enjoy because it was something that I increased in proficiency and self-efficacy. So I feel like that's where like a lot of that passion kind of comes from is when we get better at us at something. And I actually found fitness, thinking about it now, I found fitness at a really tough part of my life. So it was, I started working out when I was 16 years old, but what happened before that was when I was 15 and a half, my mom passed away. And when I started working out in the gym, it was great because it was like my release. It was a place where I found refuge in, you know, being able to be like alone And kind of not having to worry about everything else you know and I found that you know progress the more you progress it's like it's positivity so I truly believe that like progress is positivity and it like saved my life in a lot of different ways that if I didn't have like fitness it would probably be I don't know I think I'd be like lost because I wasn't progress I wouldn't be progressing in any other way.
1: We learned through your social media and blog posts that you often host workout classes to fundraise for different causes that you care deeply about. What have you seen the impact of charity workouts? And I'm also curious to know what have inspired or led you to do One For Better Brave And we are very grateful that you are doing so for the community.
2: Yeah, so I first started doing charity workouts and like fundraising classes, I wanna say like five or six years ago. It was actually when I kind of like spiritually developed, I guess, like if you can say that. You know, I wanted to kind of follow God. I, I'm a very spiritual person now. I grew up Catholic and I didn't really believe in anything in the past, but once I kind of started to develop a relationship with God, I started to believe that, you know, my life is bigger than just me. And like, knowing, believing, even if God didn't exist, if I believe that I had purpose and I was created with intention, I feel like that. Changes my life so much more than me just existing. You know, so then when I first became a Christian, I started like a kind of a group. It wasn't like a business or anything. I had no idea how to create a business, but it was called fishing through fitness. And it's because when Jesus first made his disciples, he told he told them, I'm gonna make you your fishermen right now, but I'm gonna make you fishers of men. So then he didn't change who they were, he redirected what they were gonna be doing. And I felt like with me. I think we're all given these gifts. You know, I talked about fitness house, huge in my life. We're all given these gifts that we have. And what if we can use the gifts that we have to make the world a better place? And to raise awareness for other things, to raise money, to, you know, do whatever it takes to help people. I think if we can use our skill sets and our passions to make the world better, I feel like we'd be a lot better off. Um, the reason why I wanted to work with Better Brave is because I did a talk on redefining masculinity and I talked to Tammy and Huang. Yeah, about um, Better Brave, and I really like their mission, and I think a big thing for me right now is being able to redefine masculinity, because I work in probably one of the most masculine environments, you know, it's like fitness, so everyone's just like slamming weights and everything, the girls have bigger biceps than me, it's amazing, but... um yeah, I feel like it's a super masculine place, and if we can have a conversation in the most masculine environment, I feel like we can really start redefining masculinity, and I believe that uh, sexual harassment is a side effect of toxic masculinity, so doing whatever I can in order to raise awareness for that, uh, raise awareness for what Better Brave is doing, I'm happy to be along on this journey.
0: Thank you. Yeah, starting conversations about toxic masculinity can be very helpful when it comes to preventing sexual harassment. And as a bystander, what are the other actions that you can take to prevent sexual harassment? And just for clarity, everyone can be a bystander in the workplace. A bystander can be someone who gets information about witnessing the harassment or by knowing about the situation from the victim. Or the perpetrator perspective?
2: I think as a bystander I have like two perspectives on this. One of them is like the viewpoint that I already talked about as being like someone of like faith. I mean I don't really call myself a Christian right now. I kind of like left that part of my life but it's kind of what I've studied for a long time is like the bible and there's a story where Cain and Abel are these two brothers and then one of the brothers like kills the other one and then God's talking to him he's like you know where's your brother he's is like soul is crying out to me in the ground and then he says I'm not my brother's keeper you know I'm not my brother's keeper but I feel like if we can kind of change that mindset to being like my brother and my sister's keeper being able to look after the people in our lives and let them know that we care about them I think that's that's powerful I think what everyone's looking for is to know that they are valued and that they have purpose and they matter. You know, if it's in the workplace, if it's in the community, whatever it is, everyone wants to know that they matter. One of my other favorite stories is actually super different. It's the story of like Spartan warriors, you know, so it's like extreme case, right? The Spartans are I don't know if you've seen the movie 300 but it's like this movie that's so brutal it's like this graphic novel and like these people are insane and it's like 300 Spartan warriors against all these like this Persian army and they actually get pretty far too but one of the quotes about Spartan culture is that the shield was very important to them like the Spartan shield was the most important part of their armor and when they asked like an exiled king like why was this shield so important what's so special about the shield and he said because every other piece of your armor, like your chat, your breastplate, your helmet, it's all to protect yourself. But the shield is to protect those around you. So then if we can kind of look at ourselves as defenders of the people who are around us, like holding onto a shield, not for yourself, but for people around you, I think that's a great way to help people feel safe.
0: That's a great analogy Thank you for sharing those
1: stories. I truly believe that storytelling is such a powerful tool because people are more likely to connect on another because of these personal experiences, struggles, and stories. And going back to your point on toxic masculinity, one of the things that Better Brave has been working on is how to encourage more male allies to join the causes. Because if you look at statistics, usually victims are female and perpetrators are male. But statistics have shown that one in six male do experience this. But Why are we not seeing those stories online and uh, we would love to hear your perspective on this
2: yeah that's great my talk on at imagine talks was about redefining masculinity for happier men in a healthier society and what I was talking about was how in fitness I love what I do and one of the reasons why I love what I do is because my clients stories become my stories you know so I get to be there for like my clients first push-ups in their life you know, I get to be there when my clients are out of pain and they're able to deadlift like almost double their body weight. But, you know, we can have all these great highlights in our lives, but sometimes what we remember most are not the highlights that build us up, but the lowlights that break us down. And one of my first clients ever, one of my favorite clients, his name is Andrew. I got a text from one of my old coworkers. I wasn't training Andrew at the time. I got a text from one of my old coworkers and it was a photo of Andrew, but it wasn't a photo of him like working out. You know, he was this really cool guy, always wanted to do upper body. It wasn't him like working out his chest or anything or doing like this martial art combo or whatever it was. It was actually a photo of his memorial because Andrew committed suicide. And like, if you look at facts on suicide, men are, I think it's like eight times more likely to commit suicide than females. And I just realized that there is, like, a crisis of masculinity. And suicide is just the highest level of the adverse effects of toxic masculinity. So there's suicide, there's also, like, depression, uh, there's, like, sexual harassment, you know, there's violence. That's why, you know, people re- results of violence a lot of times, too. So there's this group called Promundo Global in Brazil, and they have, like, all this great information on kind of examining masculinity and the effects of masculinity on on cultures. And they said that 60% of boys are, 60% of boys growing up are told what a man should be like and what they should behave like. And for those men who believe that men should be more like masculine, more violent, um, repressing emotion, like stoic, they're 10 times more likely to commit sexual harassment in that month alone. You know, so it actually, one of my favorite quotes on toxic masculinity was talking about how, you know, there are these adverse effects. You know, it's basically when you are told to repress emotion, you're told to be hypersexual, told to be violent your whole life. But what she says at the end is that it doesn't mean that all men are inherently toxic. So I love that quote because what it's saying is that. Men aren't inherently toxic, and I believe that. I believe what's toxic are the values that we hold on to, and it's the values that are given to us without our choice. Mm-hmm. So then if we can kind of reshape what it means to be a man, then I believe that we can kind of change the way that we act in our communities as well, as, that, and that would hopefully help prevent like, sexual harassment and other um, adverse effects.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you have any suggestions on how men can resignificate those toxic values?
2: Yeah, so how to change the values of masculinity? I yeah. think, yeah, just through like stories. And as men, we have to just value females and what they're going through, their experience or other males. I think a lot of men don't talk about it because we're, like, we're afraid to feel weak. And going back to my other point earlier about like, you know, being a defender, I think if if say, you know, even females go up to a male who maybe he might have experienced sexual harassment or something, and you have an idea that could be possible, then you can kind of be vulnerable with them. You know because I feel like if we're able to be vulnerable, say if I knew someone was going through like a breakup or you know, experience sexual harassment and be like, "Hey, I, I'm actually going through something right now. You know, like, how are you doing? Because I feel, as men, I think we're kind of afraid to be vulnerable a lot of the times. So if we can kind of allow people to have that space by showing them it's okay, I think that can help with men that are going through sexual harassment.
0: With this perspective in mind that it's really hard to be vulnerable with one another and combined with the values of toxic masculinity, uh, do you think that these factors can hinder men and women from taking action when reporting sexual harassment?
2: I think for men, I can speak to that part first, is that... Like, men are very afraid of, you know, being, vul- being vulnerable. Say, if someone wronged them or something, or if they experienced sexual harassment, they're afraid of, like, talking about it. You know, even with me, like, remember, I used to work in this gym. It was, like, a 24-hour fitness in the Castro. And then I had this good friend. I think his name was Matt. And I don't want to say anything bad about him, but he was, like, a really nice guy. We would talk every time we worked out. But then one day he came in, he was, like, Man, Joseph, your your skin looks so good. I want to put lotion all over it. And I just started like laughing. I was like, "All right, thanks, man." But then I just didn't really like think of it as like sexual harassment in that way. But like looking back on, I was like, "Wow, it's kind of weird that like someone would just straight up say that to me." But I didn't I didn't feel like I wanted to share with anyone else or be vulnerable with anyone else like what some people might be like saying to me in the gym or. You know, yeah, my that was my workplace. Um, I feel like with females, I can see how they might be affected by, you know, like I think we're gonna talk about like the power. Power is like a huge thing where, Mm -hmm. you know, say a man of power is like using his power, and you're afraid of like losing, you know, your job or losing um, like opportunity to grow. in in like your workplace, I feel like they they can truly use power a lot um, to kind of keep you in this little in a box.
1: So we kind of talk about the way how people might not know about sexual harassment in the workplace or don't pay attention to it. So in your opinion, what are other characteristics of the workplace that can lead to sexual harassment being underplayed?
2: Yeah, I think one of the other characteristics in the workplace that could lead to sexual harassment being underplayed is like a mindset for like the person What the, I guess the person who gets, who is on the receiving end of sexual harassment might feel. Uh, So I work in the fitness world. So we have like clients, you know, whether it's a group training client or if it's a personal training client if someone's gonna say something to you like a few times where it might be like, I guess like dirty or like aggressive, um, a lot of times you won't say anything because you're afraid of like losing that business, you know? So I believe a lot of us kind of go through that scarcity mindset. Like I know a lot of girls who have experienced like getting their butt slapped after a class and them not really saying anything because like they want to have like that client there, you know, but they'll like say something to that person maybe, but not anything to like the rest of like their upper management. Uh, so I think that plays a big role with like kind of I guess a fitness consumer business.
1: Speaking again, going back to the topic of power dynamics, so in one of your blogs you talked about being an Asian American and you said that as asian americans we sometimes feel pressure to fall into whatever our parents might want us to do so speaking about the difference in our cultural backgrounds do you think that cultural factors can influence the way we perceive and act in a situation regarding sexual harassment in the workplace
2: yeah i definitely do i know with i can speak about asian culture it's like a lot of times you know the the males like the Kind of like the breadwinner and the female is kind of like taking care of him I don't know you see it like in this movie called Parasite I don't know if you guys have seen that <laughs> yes. it's like a beautiful film but like the, the guy he has like all this power and then the girl is just kind of like going along on the journey um, so I do believe that cultural factors do influence the way we perceive and act in the situations. Um, I think especially someone coming from, like, another country and coming to the U.S., I think San Francisco is really good about, well, hopefully a lot better at, like, equality and um, allowing, like, women to thrive. But, say, if it was both parties, you know, if it was a guy coming from a different country where, like, they are... at a higher level than females and kind of look down on them, I think that would influence it. But also on the other side too, where, you know, like a female could be coming from that ideology that they are supposed to like support like a a man, not that they believe that, but that's kind of what they were were coming from. I think that can also influence not, yeah, that's hard. Because I don't want to say like they're trying to get influenced by they're not trying to of course not yeah they're not trying to be sexual harassed in any way but I feel like they might be less empowered to talk about that
0: Mm. yeah and you've been telling stories the whole podcast actually but do you want to share in a specific story that highlighted a moment of sexual harassment to you
2: Yeah, one of my stories is one of my friends who takes my group training classes uh, with Drift. She's like this really awesome person and is so like full of life and so full of light. But when like this Kobe Bryant thing happened, she was kind of getting triggered by that, triggered by like Kobe Bryant and how we media kind of will just look at, you know, one side of a person, but not like, their whole life as a whole i know for me i do believe that kobe maybe made some mistakes in the past i don't know if he like fully raped someone or anything like that but i know that he did commit infidelity and there was that side of it you know um but i do believe that he like changed and he grew from that i think it hopefully made him a better person and kind of like a better father and I know that there are people who experience sexual harassment and they were, you know, like triggered by, you know, seeing his life just being honored in that way um, because we weren't looking at, you know, that past story. So I know that was like a really hard thing for her because it kind of reminded it's triggering because it reminded her of that time where it was like a, someone who was very powerful who committed sexual harassment with her and she probably felt so small and she felt like she couldn't do anything, you know, and felt like everything was working against her. I mean, I have like my own story too, Mm -hmm. where I was, I never experienced sexual harassment, you know, so I don't want to talk about what people who have committed or who have felt sexual harassment actually feel. But I know that In my life, I spent a lot of time in, like, Christian churches, and that was, like, a huge part of my life for, like, six years straight. I was just, like, nonstop, you know, being able to, like, learn as much as I could about Christianity, doing what I could for the community, you know, went on a mission trip and all that. And there was a point where I saw, like, my friends who were LGBTQ uh, uh, identifying people, and I just saw that the way that they were mistreated and I saw that the way that they wanted to kind of kill themselves because they weren't accepted by their community, they weren't accepted by their church or their family, even like their parents were sending them like conversion therapy type of stuff. Um, And it was really hard for me to see that. So I talked to the pastor and I was like, hey, I don't know if it makes sense for me to be teaching youth if I hold a different viewpoint on LGBTQ, um, if I wanna be LGBTQ affirming like Christian and I was just like met with a lot of hostility there I was like, I don't know if it makes sense for me be, for me to be teaching here and he said yeah you for sure are not gonna be teaching here and um, Kind of I felt like he was like asking me to like go to a different church community and um, I just knew that the, the tone that he was taking was like very hostile and It was tough because for me I felt like, I never felt so small in my life, you know, where I chose to just take a stand for what I believe in, but then someone of power was kind of like condemning me. And, you know, he even said like, be prepared for God's judgment, you know, on you um, for that. And I felt like that was really harsh. And like, I'm not gonna go out and talk to like, everyone who goes to the church and be like, oh, I can't believe this happened, you know? Because, honestly, some people didn't even believe me. You know, like my girlfriend at the time, too, was... Um, I felt like didn't really take my side, was kind of just seeing if I did something wrong. And that was, like, a huge part for our trust. And I just felt like if the person who is really close to me here is not even able to have my back, how can I expect anyone else to in this? You know, so I do believe that I haven't... Felt sexual harassment. I've never experienced that from someone of high power, but I have experienced like a harassment of a different kind Mm -hmm. So I know that it can be scary knowing that like hey uh, This person of power is above me and they can do whatever they kind of want They can say whatever they want about me and maybe no one will believe me you know, so I think that's uh, Very troubling for you know, people who have experienced sexual harassment
1: And thank you for sharing those stories It's hard to be vulnerable about these things. And uh, Yeah. yeah, we really appreciate it. And to close things off a little bit. So again, we really appreciate that what you're doing for Better Brave and to raising your voice and to encourage people to be more vulnerable. So from Better Brave approach, you do not have to be an activist to take actions and to combat sexual harassment in the workplace. So do you have any other general advice for... The listeners and for people, especially bystanders, to take action to combat sexual harassment in the workplace, but uh, also, you know, any other forms of sexual harassment or violence or anything that can, where a person can be hurt.
0: Yeah, discrimination is also part of mm-hmm. sexual harassment.
2: Definitely. I think, um, like, having empathy, I think, is a huge thing. So having empathy for both people, you know, whoever, like having empathy for the person who has experienced sexual harassment, um, and knowing that they might, they, they would be like, they they probably struggling, uh, with what they have experienced, but just being able to like ask them, you know, how you're doing and actually care about, you know, who they are and making sure that you let them know that you have their back, uh, I think is a huge thing. And I feel like. If we actually can relate to them and we feel for them, I believe that we can truly, I guess, take the next step in like being there for them, too. You know, so you're just trying to hear them out. Um, so yeah, just asking people how they're actually doing and how if there's any way that you can be there for them and like listen, um, but also having empathy for people who maybe are the Acu- like the people who are committing the crime or committing sexual harassment you know I think a lot of times we don't know what their situation might be like um, and I think that's got to be hard too I was talking to one of my friends who is like this gay guy in a church and he said he wants to be active in the churches though and I talked to him about what I experienced and how it was like a really negative response to me wanting to become an affirming Christian believer and he said well it sounds like he's actually wrestling with his own situation as well you know he's wrestling with his own belief system and if he might be wrong with it his own belief you know so I feel like the people who are committing sexual harassment I feel like having empathy like I wonder what they might be going through as well mm-hmm. you know and I do th- no, know it's not it's not easy at all you know it's not easy for the person who's experienced it of course to like be like, oh, wow, I wonder what's going on in this person's life. But I think what we can all do is just, you know, just be kind to whoever we come across, you know, to be a light in their life, like ask people, like, how are they doing, you know, Um, and truly just caring for them. I think if we can all learn to be more vulnerable, too, uh, I know that we all have our own battles. You know, we're all going through our own stuff. But if we can create a safe space for people to be vulnerable, whether it's like a one-on-one conversation. I think sometimes if we do the hard step of being vulnerable first, I think it's gonna help other people become vulnerable as well and start to talk about the things that they're experiencing. Um, Yeah, I just wanna let, like, inspire people to have each other's back, I think is the biggest thing. You know, if it's a man who is just an ally, you know, having the females in your workplace, you know, have their back and, you know, build friendships with them and like, yeah, just truly see them as a person. I think uh, one of my favorite quotes on like leadership is like, you know, when someone's a good leader is when they will just like ask someone how they're doing, but actually listen to what they say, you know? So I think if we can go about every single day, not just asking someone like, how are you as a re- as kind of like a, a reaction to seeing somebody, but actually as like, a question on how they're actually doing and I think uh, that'd be really helpful.
0: Yeah, it's definitely important to start conversations and be heard from people that are around you. In regards to the fitness industry, do you have any specific advice on how to take action there?
2: So To mitigate sexual harassment in the fitness communities, uh, fitness workplaces as well, I believe that we just gotta like kind of refer back to like the leadership, you know, leadership that we have, I think um, if someone like committed sexual harassment to like one of the group trainers for like a business, and if they told like the the leadership, their management, I feel like the management should directly reach out to you know, the person who committed that and say like, hey, that's not cool, and like Letting the trainers or the staff know that they have their back, I think, is the biggest thing. You know, being able to stand up for the people who work under you, um, to let them know that you're in a safe space. I know the gym that I train out of, Diakati, like, I know that the, the owners, they would have the trainers back with, like, with, with anything. You know, say if a client mistreats us, you know, or is demeaning to us. They straight up just tell them like that's not cool. You can't be here, you know. So um, knowing that there's a safe space is going to be the most important thing, and I think that comes a lot from a lot of different different things. You know, it could be that scarcity mindset, like wanting to have the client in the like paying money, and um, being a part of like the income source, but kind of just focusing more on the people who are your your workers, you know, people who are working for you and are trusting you, you know. So I think it what a big part of it would be with leadership, uh, the leadership, the management, and even looking at yourself as like a leader too. You know, say if you do see that to one of your coworkers, if you see sexual harassment happen to one of your coworkers, being able to even talk to the the person who accused that and be like, hey, like that that wasn't cool. Like, do you like why did you do that? You know, so just being able to be like your brother's keeper, your sister's keeper, or like holding your shield for that other person.
1: Thank you. As a closing question to all the episode of our podcast, the last question is, what is one thing you would like the audience of this podcast to take away from?
2: I think create a safe space for everybody. You know, uh, have empathy for both people. Um, person who experienced sexual harassment, even the person who is committing sexual harassment and, you know, standing up for the people who you care about, you know, standing up for them, like holding onto your shield for them, um, protecting the people who are around you, I think is the biggest step that we need to take and yeah, making that our focus.
0: Thank you so much Definitely. for being here. Thank you so much for
1: taking your time and answering our questions. Yes. Enjoying this cause to help
0: better rape, combat sexual harassment in the workplace.
2: Thank you all. Thank Appreciate you so it.
0: Much. Hey there, it's Gabby here again. We're so glad that you joined us today. We really hope that you were inspired by Joseph's perspective on the power of vulnerability and toxic masculinity. If you need more resources, you can always check out Better the Braves' website. The next episode is very special since we have invited two guests for the first time in this podcast. And we are going to talk about the current progress when it comes to combating sexual harassment in the workplace. Also, this is such an important issue to talk about that we would like to reach to as many people as we can. So please share the word, subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you.